Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so excited that you have chosen to listen with us today. This Sunday was a powerful, powerful service. It broke out and we didn't have preaching, but Pastor said some encouraging words that we would like to share with you. So we hope you're blessed today and we hope this episode is uplifting to you. I I feel like I have a couple of very direct things to say to you. Totally different service here. But as we were praying, just right here, as I look and I see one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see in the church is men laying out at the altar, broken before God. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I build my church with broken men and women. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you. And I'm just going to talk from my heart for a few minutes and we'll take the offering afterwards. I'm really not worried about any of that right now. My deep concern is for the saints of God in this church and what God is doing in your life and how God is shifting some things in your life. I'm going to read a scripture to you. If you want to follow me, you're more than welcome. It's Psalm 29, verse 4 and verse 5. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And here's the verse. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. If you recall, when David was putting the blueprints together to build the temple, he said, build it with the cedar tree. You can't build until what you're supposed to build with hears the voice of God. And by virtue of hearing the voice of God, it starts breaking things in the life of the cedar so that the cedar can be shaped in such a way that it's ready for construction and it fits perfectly with all the other cedar trees in the church. That doesn't happen until the powerful voice of God goes forth. And I know that we hear voices in this world, but there's one primary and authoritative voice that we need right now, and that is the powerful voice of God that is able to break men and women. We're not broken enough, church. We're not, said we're not broken enough. We're just not broken enough. In fact, it would even be questionable if we've truly heard the voice of God until we break. 
You can hear it but not apply it and you haven't truly heard it and listened to the voice until you make application to it. And God walks into the forest of your life and the voice of the Lord comes through every corner and the voice of the Lord goes down every pathway and the voice of the Lord moves through every tree and all of a sudden every cedar in the forest listens to the voice of God and the heart of the cedar says, I was not purposed to stay in this form. I know that God has something very special for me but unless I'm broken, I'll never fit there. Unless I'm broken. Listen, some of you are discontent in your spirit. You want to run and just run and run and run. That's not the answer. The answer is the voice of the Lord that speaks into you and breaks you and breaks you and breaks you and breaks you you until you fit with what God is calling you in your life. Can we clap our hands and give Him praise right now? The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Why does He break the cedar tree? It was very similar to when I was having some tree work done in my yard the other day. And, and we were looking at all of the trees and there was an oak tree in my yard and, and, and the guy that was cutting and pruning the trees, he said, look at the, you see that tree right there? I said, yes. He said, you see that little, that, that little protrusion, that little peat where there's supposed to be a branch, but it just, it looks incomplete. I said, absolutely. He said, it'll never grow beyond that. I said, why? He said, look at the end of it. He said, you see the way that it was cut? Somewhere it was cut. He asked me the question, he said, who did the tree work before me? I said, why? He said, look, they made a mistake. And he started pointing to it. And he said, look at the branches over here in these other trees. He said, but that right there. He said, it's never going to grow beyond that because somewhere it was wounded and somewhere it was cut. He didn't even know what he was saying. That somewhere it was wounded and cut and said it's having difficulty. It's fighting the rest of the tree and it's having difficulty growing beyond. It knows it's supposed to in essence is what he was saying. But because somewhere there was a wound and a cut it will stay just like that. Never realizing its potential. I looked at him and I said, man, you know I'm a preacher. He said, no, I didn't know that. I said, you know that'll preach, don't you? He, I said, it's going to preach. One day it'll preach. Can I just tell somebody something right now? Even those who have been wounded and cut, uh, when the voice of the Lord starts going through the forest called the church, uh, and the cedars in the church uh, hear the voice of God, but somewhere that voice won't penetrate beyond the wound. Somewhere the voice can't penetrate beyond where you were cut. uh, And you're not growing like you want to grow. Can I just tell you it's not the preacher's fault. It's not the musician's fault. It's not the praise singer's fault. It's not your leader's fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's your fault that you're not letting the voice of God break you down like you need to be broken down. Come on, if we want to build the church and have revival, somewhere the voice of God has got to break the men and women of Calvary. Somewhere the voice of God has got to break you into a new dimension. Break you into a new anointing. Break you into a new purpose. But you can't stay wounded. And you can't stay the way you've been. Ever cut a tree down? 
Why is it why is it so important that the voice of the Lord breaks the cedar? Because until you're broken, I can't get to the growth rings. And if I can't get to the growth rings and touch areas of that growth ring, you know, they say you can learn the history of a tree when you look at the growth rings. You can count the years. And if there's ever been a, a forest fire, if there's ever been a touch, you'll see where it was scarred in week or year six. And you'll see it, you'll see it, you'll see the growth ring. But then beyond that, and you know, we're real good in Pentecost at trying to grow beyond something that happened to us years ago. The problem is you can't build churches out of places that haven't been healed. Who in the world wants, if you were to pay for a home and you were going to build that home out of cedar tree, who in the world would want a cedar tree that hadn't been truly broken, shaped and fashioned by the builder? And, and that wound and that cut and that pain from the past is still in there. And so God said, my voice is powerful. Can I just tell you something right now? The voice of God is more powerful than anything you've ever been through in your past. The voice of God is more powerful than anything that you'll ever go through in the future. So you don't have to fear. There's no reason to jump ship and run from the church. There's no reason to pull up roots and run somewhere. Where are you going to go? Wherever you get to, you're going to have to deal with the growth rings. Wherever you get to, somewhere, the voice of God is going to have to speak deep into your heart. and It's going to have to peel back the layers and it's going to have to peel back the growth rings. Will you let Him go there? Will you let Him go there? My wife and I met with someone recently for three hours. And when they started unfolding and divulging and talking for three hours with tears running down their face, it was growth ring after 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 growth ring. And it went all the way back to when they were four years of age when the first trauma hit that they could recall. But years later, still hung still hung on the traumatic memory that locks you into that moment and can't just can't quite push through can't quite put that's the problem we can't push through ladies and gentlemen we need to break through we need the voice of God that is so powerful that it can go back to four years of age heal what was there take you by the hand and step into what happened at seven years of age heal you right there I said the voice of the Lord is powerful and he breaks the cedars and he breaks you down to the point that needs to be broken so that he can build the kingdom he's not looking for you to be perfect he's just looking for you to be broken and healed why are we so professional at it why are we masters at it Why can't we just recognize that we're on holy ground and we remove our shoes, which is a type of covering to hide from what's underneath? Because I don't want you to see what's underneath. I don't want to have to deal with what's underneath, okay? Well, then you'll never be sensitive enough to your moment. Moses wasn't. Said, Moses, take off the covering because you're not even being sensitive to the moment you're in right now. 
And until you become sensitive to the moment where my voice can speak powerfully into you and break out all of your Egyptian patterns so that you can get back to who you were supposed to be and that is a Hebrew. I want to put my covenant in you. I want to put my call in you. But we need to deal with some Egyptian issues. And I need you to take off your covering so that you can recognize and realize you're on holy ground right now. I wonder how many times we come into the house of God and we can't even hear the powerful voice of God that wants to break us because we're listening through so many filters. We're listening through so many patterns. And we're listening through so many negative scripts that by the time the voice of God finds he reaches us it's been watered down it's been diluted it's been mixed with all kinds of junk and the word of God doesn't even have power over our lives anymore God we need the preaching God we need his word to break into our spirit and break us down why is it why is it that you can spend hours talking about your problems and how bad everything and everybody is? But three minutes into God breaking you and talking about the most recent testimony and you run out of things to say. Why? Unbroken people. Unbroken people. But the Word of God comes in church and touches you on the outside but never breaks you enough to break you out of the hour, three hour long talking of your problems. And you got about a three minute testimony and that's all you, you run out of words to say. You don't even know how to say anything good. Why? Because we're unbroken. Because I'm just telling you something right now. When you break... When you break, God does not leave you in that place of isolation and loneliness. He says, I've got a lot more cedar trees that I need to connect you with. I've got a lot more people that have been through things just like you. And so I don't want you isolated. I don't want you lonely. I don't want you fearful. I want to connect you to some people that have some growth rings that were wounded. Some growth rings that were cut. But I healed them and they were healed through the process. Amen. And then all of a sudden he introduced you to a body of believers and you look at them and you think my God they're perfect and then you stay around for a little while and you realize no there's not one perfect person we've all been cut we've all been wounded we've all been hurt but the voice of God spoke into our lives he broke us so he could build us and he built us so that he could bless us you're not going to remain in the broken place he's going to build you again he's gonna bless you but the voice of God must break you down first can somebody give him praise in this house right now somebody respond to the power of his voice The voice of God breaketh the cedars. The voice of God breaketh the cedars. The voice of God breaketh the cedars. Yeah, but Brother McLaughlin, I'm scared. What are you scared of? I'm scared. I'm scared that if I get too close again, I'm scared that if I trust again, 
I'm scared that if I connect again, I'll be hurt again. I'll be cut again. I'll be isolated again. And I want to go through that. Tired of all that. So I'm just going to live unbroken. I'm going to live unfulfilled. I'm going to live with a lack of purpose. I'm going to be robotic. I'll be mechanical. I'll clock in. I'll clock out. I'll do my duty. I'll do my work. I'll plug into the church. I'll leave the church. I'll show up on Wednesday. I'll leave on Wednesday. I'll show up on Sunday. I'll leave on Sunday. But I'll live my life unbroken. I'm afraid to go there, Brother McLaughlin. Because if if it ever pulls back, if God ever breaks me and people see the growth rings, if they ever see what I've been through, if they've ever seen the pain, if they ever see the fire that blew through my life, they'll not want to be around me anyway. I'm so bad things have happened in my life. Uh, Absolutely not God. This is what God did when He built the kingdom. He took the cedar. He took the wood. Uh, Wood represents humanity in the kingdom of God. But the first thing that He did is He melted down silver. And He poured silver on top of that wood. Why? Because the woodwork showed character flaws. Uh, The woodwork showed issues and scars of the past. Uh, But the silver which represents redemption when it was poured on top of the flaws uh, all you could see when you looked into what was rebuilt uh, was the life of redemption by the redeemer bring your pain to church Uh, bring your scars to church bring your past to church Uh, and yes absolutely bring every wound that you have ever endured God is a redeemer and God knows how to pour silver on the church If you have a price tag, Satan will find it. If money can buy you, money will show up. If bitterness can get you out of the church, I promise you, bitterness is going to show up. Get ready. If you're nursing a wound, and you're looking for somebody to set you off, get ready. It'll show up before you walk out. Somebody in the church before we even leave. They looked at me wrong. I promise you, when you are an unbroken person, you look at every little issue to say that's why. That's a defense mechanism and you're cheating yourself out of the voice of God, breaking you down so that God can heal you. As long as it's everybody else's fault, you go unbroken and you go untouched. But as soon as you say it's me, God, woe is me. I am a man who is undone and of unclean lips. God said that's what I want in a preacher. That's what I want in a saint of God. That's what I want in a music director. That's what I want in a praise singer. That's what I want in a missionary. That's what I want in a Sunday school teacher. That's what I want in a saint of God that's going to show up. I want them to be broken. I want them to say I am undone. I cannot take one step without God's hand on my life. Yeah. If you're here today and you come from a wounded past, another church hurt you 
Another pastor hurt you. Another church leader hurt you. Another fam teacher just taught the wrong thing at the wrong time and rubbed me the wrong way and made me mad. I'm not going back to fam. I'll go to sit in the adult class. You're unbroken. Don't get too quiet on me right there. You're unbroken. It's not everybody else's fault. You need to get alone with God. And the powerful Word of God needs to speak fresh in your life to where it cuts through every issue and it cuts through the pain. And you quit making up excuses and you get to the house of God and you submit yourself. You submit yourself to authority. You submit yourself to spiritual leadership. And you get in the house of God and you live a broken life before God. We are too full of ourselves. The educational system, the corporate world has so programmed our thinking that if you don't graduate with undergrad making $100,000 and we feed you lunch at a buffet every day, we're wrong. You're right. Where'd that thing turn on its head? Where'd that thing turn on its head? I call that being unbroken. Man, I was telling, I was telling that, that individual we were talking to, I said, you know, when I got in the church, my pastor told me no three times. I wanted to go to Bible college so bad, he said no. Learn submission, Carl McLaughlin. Why is that? Because one day he knew I would be, the Lord knew I would be in authority. And you can never truly hold the power of authority until you first learn the lesson of submission. But when you learn the lesson of submission and obedience, then God empowers you to lead others. And you remember those growth rings. You remember those leadership lesson points that say, you know, I don't want to go too far with the power that God has given me because I remember the time that I had to submit and obey. When I wanted to marry my wife, my pastor told me no. Wait. You know what he was doing? The voice of God was speaking through him to break this man down. To learn how to submit and to be obedient. No, it's not a popular message today, but it's still a biblical message. It's a biblical message. Here's the thing. You take off running wherever you get to. Wherever you get to. Wherever you get to. You got a choice. Will you be part of the building of the church? Or will you be that little stub of lost potential? That you stare at it. I can take you straight to my backyard and show you that just little stub of what should have been a blossoming, beautiful branch. But there it is, just a stub. I want to ask you what you're dealing with that is preventing the voice of God from truly speaking deep into your life so that you are broken to the point. Listen, broken to the point where you can get along with the person in church. He took the cedar. He took that cedar. And he took, in the temple, they took, they took silver sockets. Silver sockets were the connecting points. They were the connecting points. It wasn't board on board. It was board, it was board, cedar tree, cedar tree, silver socket. 
That silver socket represented redemption. It tied two people together. It was all built based on the architectural design of a cornerstone. Every board, every socket, everything in the temple fit in accordance and in alignment with the chief cornerstone. Ladies and gentlemen, when God builds the church, he builds it with human beings, all of which have been wounded, all of which we all have our issues. Not one of us are walking on water. Not one of us are perfect. Not one of us are multiplying bread. Not one of us are multiplying fish. We've got a bunch of fragmented pieces and we need the voice of God to put it all together. So we may as well let the silver sockets of redemption tie us together. Amen. Used to in the world, maybe we would have fought in the world but we're not in the world anymore we're in the church and we've got to connect with one another and it's the power of a redeeming God that connects all of us together but before all of that happens he walks into the cedar he walks into the cedar forest and he looks at the cedar trees and he speaks his word and his voice goes out and it walks in I'll tell you exactly what it does it just starts traveling. It just starts traveling. Why? The word of God is what? Quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and as a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Check it out. The word of the Lord cuts comprehensively and consistently. Listen, the word of God, when it leaves the preacher's mouth, when the word leaves the preacher's mouth or the word of God leaves the, the pages of the Bible when you're in your morning devotion and it comes off the pages, two things it does. It cuts comprehensively. That means the Word of God is extremely discerning. That's why the devil does not want you in the Word of God. That's why the devil doesn't want you to have daily devotions. Because the devil knows. The devil is defeated. Three times when he tempted Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. If Jesus had to use the Word to defeat the enemy, then you and I better use the Word to defeat the enemy. We've got to have the Word. Your talent is not going to do it. Your abilities are not going to do it. Your education and my education will not do it. It will be the voice of God that does it. It's going to be this word that goes into the wilderness and said, devil, get away from them. Devil, get away from them. I'm taking them through the wilderness. You're not going to cause them to lose out and backslide in the wilderness. It is written. It's that word. You ever feel like you're losing your mind? You ever felt like you were losing your mind? Hmm? You ever felt like you couldn't hold on to your thought processes? Hey, let, me, let me jump over here and then I'll get back. But you know, your, your, your brain is like random access memory. It's, it's constantly moving. But you only have the ability to consciously focus on two or three things. But if you allow too many undone or unfinished tasks... Or unresolved so I've got some issues that are unresolved I've got some things that are undecided there's some of you that can never make a decision that random access memory is constantly going back there and you're only able to focus on two or three things that's why your brain feels like it's just constantly in a whirlwind all of the time because cognitively God the way that God designed us and the way that he created us, we were fearfully and wonderfully made in his creation he knew that you and I could only focus on two or three tasks but back here running running like random access memory are those undecided unresolved and unfinished tasks that's why you can get in church and never hear the preaching of the word that's why you can get in church and your Apple watch goes off 15 times in a church service and you're going 
Because everything that's going, 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 and it's like, Brother McLaughlin, hurry up. I got like 15 things back here that I haven't ever finished. I've got 15 things I need to, oh man, that preaching, God, I need to be broken. I've been thinking about being broken, but I never made the true decision to be broken. And so that's another undecided, unfinished task that's going on. And you log it away back there in the subconscious, and it's going and going and going and going and going. And you feel like you're going to have a nervous breakdown. You feel like you're going to lose your mind. That's what I'm talking about when I say, the voice of God got to get in there break all of those things out break all of those things down you focus on one or two things no wonder Jesus said but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things all those things going on in the realm of your brain God's got it I said God's got it He's got it under control. His voice needs to speak into you and break you down. And when you're broken, God takes care of all the busyness. So for some of you that are having quarter-life crisis, used to be midlife, but because of information overload, Unresolved, undecided, unfinished. Paul said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind me. There's some things in your present and you're projecting into the future that really need to be in your past. And until you get that which is in your future, in your present, that's dictating your thought processes, until you put it under the blood. There are just some things we need to get old-fashioned about and put it under the blood. Let's just put some things under the blood. Let's just put some things under the blood. Under the blood, under the blood, under the blood, under the blood, under the blood. What needs to go under the blood? What unresolved issue needs to get under the blood? What unfinished, what does it need to get under the blood? Broken enough for dads to say to their kids, no. And not let them come back at you at every angle and manipulate you or say, oh, dad said, no, I'm going to mom. And all of a sudden triangle in with mom to try to create division in the home so that then the author of confusion is creating division in the home. And that kid has learned from a very young age to manipulate mom and dad and drive a wedge between one flesh. And so ultimately Satan has repeated just what he did in the garden. And you got alienation in a marriage. You got division in a marriage. You got worldliness in a marriage because no one could hear the voice of God because they were listening to the voice of Satan. How do you know you're listening to the voice of Satan? Satan always attacks authority. Satan attacks the authority of the scripture. And Satan attacks the accuracy of the scripture. If you're not in the book, you will not be accurate in your interpretation of the scripture. And if you don't interpret it accurately, then he takes away your authority. We need to get back in the Bible. We need to get back in the Bible. 
We need dads that are broken enough to get up in the morning and say, come on kids. Dad may have not had the perfect pattern growing up, but things are going to change in this house. We're going to get the authority of the Bible back in this house. And you need to tell them. You need to tell them, I love your mother enough to get this Bible out. I love you enough to get this Bible out in our house. I love you enough to kick Hollywood out of this house. I love you enough to say no to you when you need to hear no. I love you enough to say yes when you need to hear yes. But you're not the parent. I'm the parent. God has anointed me to be the dad. I am the head of the home. I'm going to lead with spiritual authority. I will submit to my head. But I'm expecting submission in the house. You with me? Well, I'm just waiting on the voice of God. Well, let me tell you how the voice of God is going to come through your dad and your mom. The voice of God is going to come through your pastor. Listen, that's why kids want to find problems with the parents and saints want to find problems with the pastor. Want to cut the authority out of their life. Wake up and be discerning. It's the enemy trying to cut authority out of our lives because if we lose authority, we lose power. And hell can have a heyday. Look at our world. What's going on is anti-authority in our world is now trying to bleed into the church. Please wake up, ladies and gentlemen. Less prayer is not the answer. More prayer is the answer. Less Bible study is not the answer. More Bible study is the answer. The Word of God produces discernment. And if we've ever needed a discerning of spirits... Anytime a voice, anytime you hear any kind of voice in counsel that tries to cut your parents' voice out of your life or your pastor's voice out of your life, you automatically know that is of the devil. Bottom line, that's of the devil. You don't sit there and have a three-hour discussion on it. Listen, listen. Learn from the secular world. When they want to change the Constitution, you know what to do? They find fault with the author. Yeah, but they had a double life. If Satan wants to change the authority of Scripture, what Satan's going to do is put these, these brilliant scholars with critical textual critique. and say, well, there was, there was a problem with the author. Because if we can ever find fault with the author, we can change what the author wrote. And that's where we're living today. So if the world is functioning that way, well, our forefathers, they had problems, and so we need to totally rewrite the con everything America stands on. Watch this. If they can take away the authority of the forefathers, they can change the present to then redefine the future. The same is true in the church. They can take away the authority of the church. It just It's very uncomfortable. Probably I've never been more uncomfortable than all my pastoral life and ministry. Extremely uncomfortable the last few years. I don't enjoy it, to be honest with you, at times. It stinks. But this is what I told Brother Trimmer. And I'm just talking from my heart here. Because I'm going to tell you what will solve a lot of it is us just hearing the voice of God and breaking. Listen, so as we're, as, okay, so, so on the other side of the platform is the rapture. Just think now, we're moving toward the rapture. There is the Antichrist spirit and the Christ-like spirit in the world currently. The scripture teaches us that when the restrainer is removed, then the Antichrist, the son of perdition, will reveal himself. 
Until then, there is a restraining force, is which is the power of the Holy Ghost. Part of the power of the Holy Ghost is people that have the Holy Ghost. Literally, you are a restraining force. That's why anybody that backslides will attack you because you represent a restraining power in their life. They are immoral and they don't want morals. They are in error and they don't want truth. And so it's easy to attack you or easy to attack a church because we stand in the middle as a restraining force. If you don't have the truth in here, they're going to accuse you out of the church. They're going to gossip you out of the church. They'll persecute you and hate you out of the church. But when you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, which is literally a restraining force, that's what I told my wife. I said, baby, you know why a lot of attacks are coming? Think about it. Antichrist coming against the restraining force. That's the rapture over there. As we near the rapture. Okay, so in your mind, picture, picture the restraining, church restraining force. Taken out, Antichrist is revealed. Anything that stands in the way of anti-authority or anti-Christ is considered an enemy. The world doesn't care what denomination you are. I heard yesterday that they're attacking the entire Southern Baptist movement, convention, a particular administration. Why? Because if we can just get the church out of the way, if we can get, just get church people out of the way. Stay with me now. Some of you need to put your boots on. I need to buckle up. Younger guys, younger men and women, you say you're called. Do you know what you're saying yes to? You're saying yes to be a restraining force. They, you may become a martyr. Are you okay with that? Is it okay if you're not a celebrity and we don't roll the red carpet out and you got lights going crazy and we're going to call your name because you're the latest and greatest worship leader? Huh? And that's a whole other thing I could harp on. You look on conferences now, no longer is it here's the preacher and here's the word of God and preacher. But, but what's happening now, now it's the worship leader. Well, be real careful because in heaven before there was a devil, we exalted the worship leader who tried to exalt himself above the authority of God. And all of a sudden God had to create hell over that. We better be careful with what we're elevating. I'm just telling you. You can feel good about elevating something right now and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose because we didn't keep the word where we need to keep the word. We didn't keep God in the church where God needs to be in the church. I'm thankful for worship. I'm thankful for worship leaders. I'm thankful for the praise team. But all that takes a backseat to the preaching of the word, to the pulpit, and to God Almighty. We better lift Him up and His voice better break us down. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful of having these highlight times where these worship leaders are signing autographs. Be careful. I'm just saying. You elevate it right now, five years from now, all of a sudden, we're reaping a lot of things. Why in the world are we dealing with this right now? Well, we elevated some things that we probably shouldn't have elevated. And now, all of a sudden, it has just taken authority and just started turning authority on its head. 
in what he said. When Adam and Eve questioned authority, the authority of God's word, the accuracy of God's word, and what did Satan say? You will know your eyes shall be open and you shall know good and evil. What that meant was now you're going to become the definer of good and evil. God's not the definer. You become the author. He becomes the subject that you're authorizing things to be done. God does not want the fallen nature of you and I authoring things. He wants us submitting in a redemptive form so that he authors everything in the church. We need to be careful. We need to just walk a little bit slower and discern some of the things that we're quickly endorsing and quickly elevating. We need to start asking some discerning questions. Where is this going to lead five years from now? Not against anything, but we just need to discern what if we do this, where will we be five to ten years from now? Are we dealing with things currently in the church world, worldwide, that we endorsed ten years ago that we tried to play it down like it wasn't a big issue? And now all of a sudden we've got some pretty critical issues that we're dealing with today. Where did that start? Could it be? Could it be that it all started with unbroken men and women who wanted their way more than his will? And now we're dealing with their ways that's wrestling against his will. Just some food for thought. Thank you so much for listening to the Upper Room Podcast. Hey, if you want to stay connected with the church and the podcast, don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Calvary Ulis. That's Calvary Ulis. Or visit our website at calvaryulis.org. That's calvaryulis.org. And we cannot wait to connect with you guys there. God bless.